All right, Nick. Thanks for coming by. <laughs> Anytime. We are ready to start the Tim Gilbert episode of, of this podcast. The Danko Jones, the official Danko Jones podcast. Now, Tim Gilbert is a comedian based out of Toronto and a friend of yours. Yes, a good friend of mine. A comedic peer. A one of the most talented Toronto comedians working today. You guys have collaborated before. We've on made videos before. And you've you collaborated on pilot episodes? Of sort of, yeah. And and actually, and he was in a web series I was in called Moderation Town. Uh, the second season, or whatever you would call it, the second iteration of it. And he was, uh, he played my nemesis, Kevin. And we have, if you guys want to have a laugh, you really should watch just this one clip called The Wind and the Sun. And you'll get a sense of our uh, dynamic, which involves, at times, insulting each other hurtfully. Um, also, Hello What is a really good example of um, not just Tim. Tim's amazing in this video called Hello What. I'm in it. Chris Locke and Tom Henry are a big part of it, too. But I would also say check out the video Hello What. And Tim has actually been on, in a roundabout way, this podcast. It wasn't really this podcast. It was your aborted Nick Flanagan podcast called Help Me. Aborted is such a strong word. But yes, I did not. And it was a strong episode, Nick. There was a Tim lot of and I tag teamed against you. And basically, what it was is giving advice. It was a advice. handicap match. It was uh, giving advice to Nick. That was your podcast premise, right? Right. And but so then it we kind of the... quickly devolved into this sort of like harsh critique of everything about the way I live. Or at least that was how I viewed it. Anyway, we, we get into it in the podcast. So I don't want to offer any spoilers now. Right, exactly. So we'll we'll touch on that. Tim also has an album called uh, "Please Help Me, I'm Very Sick," which available is great, on with a great cover. Bandcamp only on Bandcamp, Tim and you Gilbert, can get it basically for free if you want. TimGilbert.bandcamp.com, and you, you can theoretically get it for free. I, when that option is available to me, I always pay. Well, yeah, like you have the option to pay, and you should pay. He put his life into this. People don't understand, man. That first comedy album. It's like I was saying in the podcast. Many it's times. 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And to segue <laughs> into something true. else about Tim, he does write true. for, or he wrote for, a Dave Foley uh, vehicle. Sitcom. The yeah. second season of it. And I think the end of the first. Spun out. Um, Is the name of the show. Yeah. Starring Dave Foley up here in Canada. Dave Foley, of course, of Kids in the Hall and News Radio fame. Yeah. Tim Gilbert was on the writing staff. Yeah. Along with my friend Sarah Hennessy, Amanda Brooke-Perrin, Graham Kay, lots of good young comedic talent writing in the room for that. Some of them have gone on to perform in the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, including Tim Gilbert, who will be <laughs> recording. They will be showing his taping he did in July on television later. Oh, that's great. That's yes. good to know. And, uh, you know, for anybody who doesn't know Tim and may not really get a sense of his comedy by listening to this episode, you know, Tim, when you see him, he's really clean cut. Tiny. Yeah. Very, very. Uh, very little. <laughs> about five foot one. Well, he's, he's, he's a really clean cut guy. But when you hear him or when you read his tweets or, or listen to his comedy, He's super dirty. Like his 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 image kind of betrays uh, a lot of his he's comedy so material. When you meet him, yeah, he's, he's just trying to have a good time because of the fire that is in his brain. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's dirty. It's mean spirited, in the best <laughs> way possible. Uh, in the it's way that cruel, it's it's cruel. It's definitely cruel. <laughs> sadistic in the best way possible. Yeah, insensitive. Genocidal in the best way possible. <laughs> but that's what I really like about diuretic in Tim's the best comedy. Way possible. That's the that's the that's the part I like. No, about he it. does have. Um, he goes so overboard in terms of his anger sometimes that it's uh, it's it does it's you really can't great. take it seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there will be people who do, and I don't think we even touched upon that while we talked to him. Mm-hmm. But anyways, here's the Tim Gilbert episode, and here we go, Tim, we go. Nick, and myself. Yeah. yeah. Over to you, Danko. <laughs> No, over to you, Nick. You seem to be the one who wants to have the last word no, or is, last soundbite sh- or last, last noise. You should have the last one. Okay. <laughs> I always say, all right, here we go with the podcast. Let's start now. Great. And that's what you do. You yeah. do that all the time. If you would go back into the episodes, I can hear you doing that. And I didn't really catch on until like, the, that's how slow I am until like the third time it happened. Okay, so here we go. Tim Gilbert episode starting now. Yeah. Yo, motherfuckers. You like Kiss? I love fucking Kiss. Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are the fucking shiznit. Man, and I also love my punk rock, too. You know, that fucking Henry Rollins is a badass motherfucker. You know, who else is a bad motherfucker? Danko Jones. That OG lay down that pimped-out podcast like no other. He loves his kiss and Black Flag. I mean, I love that fucking Danko Jones podcast. And if you don't like that Danko Jones podcast, go fuck yourself. The Danko Jones podcast is simply superb. Splendidly fine, wonderfully wild, very divine. We're here with Tim Gilbert. Hi! This is kind of your official first appearance on the podcast. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It is an honor. Hi, Tim. Hi, Nick. I say official because you have been here before and we have recorded. The mics have been recording, but for a different reason entirely. You've smelled these mics before. Yeah. That old familiar smell. Leather. Um, Whether people know it or not, Tim Gilbert and I participated in an aborted podcast of Nick Flanagan's. Never made it onto (laughs) SoundCloud or iTunes. It was called Help Me, right? Libsyn didn't make it there. I think it was called Please Help Me or Help Me. Please Help Me. Oh. Teach Me Things or something. Short-lived. One try. One try. Pilot attempt. And it was just basically me and Tim... Probably taking out all our frustrations that we've accumulated. Over the years of knowing Nick and having to deal with him. And it was a great way to get it off my chest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Everybody was much nicer to me in the days after that, I felt like. So it was never aired. No, it was. Um, I was very traumatic to do. I didn't realize it would be. And then it was very traumatic. You asked for the help. Yeah, what was it? What you wanted to do a podcast where people like told you how to fix your life or something like something that? Something like that. that right? Yeah, yeah. And I guess we tried. We tried, but you started to deflect in the middle of the podcast, <laughs> Nick. I remember that. <laughs> Trying to change the subject, but the subject can't be changed because it's about you. 
we can't just like do the podcast again. Are we going to do it? I have now. a feeling yeah. we're going to do gonna it all over again. Slip fair. back into old habits real quick. Well, idea. we're here for Tim today. Uh, oh, Tim thanks. is the special guest Celebrating of the Celebrating the life and death. Oh, no. Of Tim Gilbert. You guys are really good friends. Oh, yeah. So I'm the odd man out. No, Jack Tripper of this this group. No. So um, (laughs) how, like, what are you? I'm a comedian. I live in Toronto. I do stand-up, and I have done some TV stuff, like writing and a little bit of being on TV. And uh, I, that's it. You have an album out. Yeah, I do. I do have. Is an, it called I, an album when it's available only digitally? I don't know. It's a very it good should question. Be a new, it, new title. Cyber album. Comedians, comedians do something where once they've seen what some that someone else exists or does something, then they all do it. So now, because the ease of digital, the digital age, it's literally like everyone is doing an album recording. Of course, Tim should be doing an album recording. Of course, <laughs> you're, you're basically saying that. Yeah, Tim's doing what everyone else is doing. No, not at all. You did it good. You made a you had a good. It's cover a good idea. record. Good record. You had a good Thanks. Cover idea. You you were like, I'm gonna make it free. Like you had a whole scheme with it. You thought it through deeply, clearly. Yeah, you know? yeah. Come you know? on, I wouldn't say everybody. What's the title of it? It's of called all. "Please Help Me." I am very sick. You put this album out last year. That's right. When's your next one? I don't know, but it's not going to be for a while. That's the problem, is it takes so long to yeah. develop this stuff, much less think it's, like, finished. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, 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 and so, I just recorded for a second album, so that's five years between the 10th, you know, the, the 2010, and now it's 2015. And in between, I must yeah. give you credit, Nick, in between those five years, there have been attempts to do the follow-up, but it just yeah. didn't. Didn't for take, one reason e- or another. Even this one, I love it, but I just still think that there's so much more room, you know, with some of the stuff on it. The only thing about that is that, like, well, it's an album, so you're not necessarily retiring what you're doing, not necessarily, because people won't have heard it necessarily. It's not on well, television. Tim, it's do not... you do those? Do you do the same jokes that you do on the record still? Some of them, yeah, but there are some jokes that I have never done since the taping. What jokes? Uh, oh, I don't know. Like Tim has I, really I good jokes know, for the I, listener. I know that there are some that I haven't done since, and there are some that I've done a lot many times afterwards that are sort of like jazz standards that I can always go to <laughs> that I know will work, and like a certain chunk of four jokes in a row is usually. A good amount of time that people will usually respond to positively. Do, but, you, do uh, you ever go? Do you ever go, guys? Those last four jokes for my album. Please help me. I'm very sick. No, I of Check course don't camp. do that. It's interesting how it's different for bands. Bands, everybody wants to hear that song that they've heard a million times right. before. But a joke has pretty much just a one pop thing. Has anybody ever come up to you and gone, "Yay, I got the record, dude." Why are you what? retreading this material? Oh, no. Nobody said that. <laughs> I uh, think that's an internal fear as much as it's a reality. I guess maybe somebody has approached me and said, I was, you know, uh, like I saw the show and I have the record or the album and said, oh, there was a lot of stuff from the album that you did tonight. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, it takes a while to come up with anything that's worth saying twice, you know? What was what was the response and the feedback, or did you gain any ground with it? Yeah, since? most of I think so. Most of the response I've gotten has been great. 
Got a Split of, Cider. Yeah, I got a lot of cool it. press, like Split Cider and Vice. And uh, our friend Nathan Fielder was lucky enough to give me a very nice tweet about it, which yeah. helped a lot. And uh, there are a few people, like just, oh, yeah, you know, Twitter weirdos, the- like, that say they hate me and they listen to it and stuff like that. But uh, You have people who hate you? You've, oh, yeah, you've of gotten course. some hate tweets? Yeah, oh, yeah. Really? Oh, well, Nathan, I mean, has so many followers, so if that got it started, then you would have a bunch yeah, of Yeah, so many people got it after that. That's and the then, double-edged you know, sword of, of when things open up. As soon as you realize there's more than a thousand people, like, then suddenly it comes to this thing I, I, you, where people are just like, oh, I hate this person. You know, yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... You gotta get used to it very quickly. And, Absolutely, and get yeah. Get thicker skin overnight when you realize that it's a good it's a good sign though it means that you're breaking out of your comfort zone and you're meeting you're getting you're, it's it's getting wider and wider mm-hmm. so actually bad tweets hate tweets are actually a good sign i think i think yeah, so that's yeah that's probably a good point and yeah. i kind of made fun of them and all of them were you know they all seem kind of stupid how did you make fun you know? of them well there was one guy that uh was wor- said had some negative tweet towards me that was something like I just want to how is this funny he just wants to kill every teenager or something I have right. a joke about oh, how yeah. I don't like teenagers yeah a joke and uh, quote, it just unquote. it made the guy look dumb you know it kind of usually they, yeah. they end up looking pretty stupid mm-hmm. well, do um, you want to like just set the record straight on how you feel about teens no, not really. I think I'd like to leave it ambiguous. <laughs> I think I just said it there. Yeah. I'm but cool with teens. It was just something I really wanted to do, and I and I did it, and I'm happy with the way it turned out. I'm so happy that there are people that like it, and uh, that's pretty much it. I, I like it. I Thank think you. the comedy thing is being like, I think it's a great record, too. Um, I, comedy is like rap, right? I think where the first record is the... Of after a really 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 long time, then you do your first album and it's like a hit, and then the second one like then it's so hard to like correctly generate more material after that. Well, I mean, if you yeah. want to get into that discussion, rap music is all about that first pop, and that's yeah. it. You, like the, 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 the turnover and, and the attention to span for to to keep with with a, a, a rapper, it's it's. Leading. I mean, it's changed a bit now. Rock music fans but, yeah. are a little more loyal. You like Miley Cyrus? I don't. I don't have an opinion on her either way. I'll be honest with you. You like Billy Ray? Cyrus. No, no. <laughs> what about Doc? What's your stance on the? T- the you're just trying to get. You're Doc. just trying to get me to shit talk now that I, I've no, no, outed I'm myself as a talk Doc towards Billy Ray Cyrus for an hour. What are you talking about, Doc? That the was show? his TV show when he played a doctor, Billy Ray. Yeah, it was filmed oh, in man. Toronto. I didn't even know that. Really? Oh, yeah, it was weird. He was like a long-haired, <laughs> a long-haired like rural country-style doctor, doctor. In, a big, in a big city. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my God. He took it that far. You got to admire him, though. Now, in hindsight, you got to admire him. He took one song, and he's, he's like the chubby checker of of wow, our generation. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. I don't hate him. I like no, him. No, he really upped his stature in <laughs> yeah. with the uh, the gods. But I'm not. I'm not about. I'll do shit talk behind closed doors. But when we're on the mics and we're on on the record, I I I, I keep it. I keep it nice. Oh, this is good. this leads into something about Tim, which is that you have shit talked. 
publicly in your life, haven't you? You're great tw- on Twitter. You're yeah. oh, hilarious. Thanks. I mean, yeah. your live tweeting oh, is... <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I just like to have a good time. I would say that you're the way that you make fun of comedians. I have no idea if it's super inside or not when you do it, but it's always really funny and people... And it seems like comedians take it very... Um, no one thinks they're, you're talking about them. <laughs> Good. <laughs> they always like... Because my fear is that everybody thinks it's about them. Well, it is about them, but... <laughs> it's not about everybody. But I, yeah, when I started doing stand-up, I, was make, I made fun of comedy a lot and made fun of comedians a lot. and like Yeah. The, Which is one way in, in a weird way, doing comedy, I think. Yeah. And then Eddie Brill, remember him? Yes. Who used to book, was yeah. it Letterman? Yeah. He saw me when I was like years ago, a long time ago, and I was doing a lot of stuff, making fun of comedy and stuff, and he told me not to do it. It was too inside. So I don't do, I try not to wow. do too much of that stuff okay. Like it's go. kind of it kind of makes me think that you should do it, right? Yeah, I still do. It's you know it's like even if it's isn't too that what Andy I mean, Kindler? Yeah, Andy Kindler. He's on based, like he's uh-huh. on Letterman all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's his whole thing now. Mind you, I don't know if Letterman would be having two guys who are making fun of comedy on. Oh, what time. he forgot to tell you is we already got Kindler. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's what that he forgot sense. to add at the end. Well, great. But your style of making fun of comedy is more like um, I can't really explain it. It's it's more about the like futility of people's attempts, you know, like the fumbling idiocy of a certain level of comedy. I feel rather than necessarily like like Andy Kimler Kimler goes after like hacks and like you know the the big guns. I think that you're more in charge of taking people. In you're in charge of taking people. Down, like back to reality, who are just like lunatics almost. You know? Well, good. Somebody's <laughs> got to keep these people in check. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I wrote an open mic joke too, is because it was just like I couldn't handle it anymore. Just everyone is scary who does comedy. When I first saw you, Tim, I had no idea who you were. You were just on the bill, and I I went to see Nick, and you walked on stage. You know, I was struck by the fact of what you were saying, and yet you did come off like a normal guy like looking like a normal guy and it was like kind of in a stealth kind of way and then you you start doing your your material and i think that's a lot of of you know your charm as a comedian is you come in and and then suddenly it's like wow this guy has some crazy thoughts good yeah i think well that's nice thank you you know i try at the end of the day, I just want to be a nice, normal guy and be friends with everybody. You know, is that you hard? wouldn't know that yeah, from your, it is. Your, your tweeting. I know. Well, I mean, that's... if it was, I mean, even your your profile pic doesn't give it. Oh yeah. Doesn't, I mean, you might look like a like an insane person. Yeah, you are you're a wild. You're, you're <laughs> a bunch of combinations of things. You 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 sitting in front of me wouldn't. I can't match the tweets from the person who made them on Twitter. Picture him wow. drunk. Right. But he's First not drunk. I'm I know not. he's not drunk because it's sometimes it's, I am. Yeah. I think oh, it, it is. Okay. <laughs> Especially like any award show stuff like that. <laughs> like any of that kind of stuff. That's I for sure am. Yeah. Have Even you ever been life? flagged on Twitter? Has anybody reported you as inappropriate? I don't think so. I actually did just get flagged on Instagram. Oh, really? Because I put Lenny I, Kravitz's dick. 
Oh, I wish. <laughs> Somebody else's dick. We have, like, nude male playing cards, and for whatever reason, I just took a picture of this guy that had a, an erect dick Good. with, a, like, a cowboy hat on the end of it, and uh, I just put that on Instagram, and then next time I checked, they, somebody, they took it down, and I got well, you a got warning. a fan base, bro. Yeah, you're and so And that right. fan base does not want to be grossed out all the time in the morning. Was it the morning? No, it was late at night. What about... Um, Oh, uh, what about Lenny Kravitz's dick? I feel like we can talk about that for a second. He sure. had a cock ring. Okay, sure. Right? He, he, played, he did have a cock ring, It was right? at yeah. Ronalund in Stockholm, and it's a stage we've played a few uh, cool. twice, and we put out an album on Spotify from that stage. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, I know that stage very well, and it's a great venue to play, and it's very historic. Why? Every, everyone from Little Richard to Bob Marley... Finn Lizzie, wow. Runaways, wow. ABBA, Motorhead, hmm. you, Lady Gaga have all played it. Lenny and, Kravitz. And Lenny Kravitz has now stolen everyone's thunder. Right. With his, with his precious old dick. But it's, good, it's a good idea for a rock singer to wear a cock ring the whole time. That was all I thought when I saw that picture. That's what, it, why is that a good idea? Because it keeps you in the zone. <laughs> What zone? <laughs> the zone where you gotta have to. So, he, so, so wait a minute. Time. He had a cock ring. It was really hard to tell. It, it looks like he's wearing a silver metal look, cock yeah, ring. Right? That's what it looked like exactly, yeah. Uh, it would have been okay if it was 1985. Nobody would really even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people. it would just be an amazing story that some friend of a friend would tell you. Pass down. Yeah. That'd be it. There's a photo that exists of his dick. Well, I w- okay, I want to tell a story. Yeah, then. exactly. I want to. So, I just want to reiterate again what a pleasure and an honor it is to be here and doing oh, this podcast. Thanks, Tim. I used to. I grew up in Port Stanley, Ontario, and going to London, Ontario, was like a very big deal. And I eventually moved to London and went to college there. But uh, so we used to go to call the office all the time. Oh, I know it well. Yeah, being kids, like yeah. we we're like 14, 15, 16, getting in, just getting into like punk and hardcore, going to these shows. I like call the office was like, that was our number one thing. That was like the greatest thing we could possibly do. And I've seen you a ton of times at call the office. Wow. So the cool. fact that I'm even here doing this, it's a real cool thing for me. Oh, so thank thanks, you very man. Much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What what shows were we opening or playing with any other bands? Well, I saw. I remember. I know most I've of them. seen. All I remember in my head is you on stage, and it was completely packed. And like you're covered in sweat from head to toe, and there's like a red light right in your face, and you look like a demon. Like it was awesome. <laughs> but it was like, you know, like it was just so cool. Oh, One time uh, we saw you with Andrew WK at the Phoenix in London. Oh, I remember that show. And yeah. uh, we got there. We were, I remember we were 18. And we got to the venue, and they said, "Only if you're 19, like you've got to be 19 to be on the floor." We got right. stuck up in this balcony thing, and we had no idea. That was like a dance club. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was awful. Oh, yeah, that's they, brutal. They, my friend Rob, who was, and we were so pissed, like we yeah. couldn't believe it. We felt like we were ripped off. 
I think Rob had like a skate tool or something in his pocket and just started punching holes in the walls. And it was like a nice <laughs> dance club with like leather couches and shit. And we were furious. And then somebody went and talked to them and they let us down. So we felt bad about the whole punching thing. But holy shit, that was an incredible show. And then I remember meeting you afterwards. Oh, no. Because you go. and Andrew WK were hanging around signing stuff for everybody. Oh, here we go. So, no, this is good. Oh, okay. And I, like, I didn't have anything but... Idiot a cock I gave on. you my uh, student card, my high school student card, and you signed the back of it, and you were like, don't give this dude detention. <laughs> oh, that's what I wrote? Yeah. <laughs> so there that's you go. Nice. I thought that was pretty cool. That's oh, nice. that's cool. Yeah, I remember that. And, you know, what's funny is uh, we just played at the Wacken Open Air in Germany on Saturday. Wow. And uh, a lot, a few of the guys from Andrew's band and entourage were at the festival in various uh, various bands. So there was a guy from uh, who was working with Cannibal Corpse. Cool, one of my favorites. He was on that tour, and so I, I hadn't seen him since that tour. And then um, a couple of guys I missed in obituary. A lot of Andrew's wow. band on that tour were from Florida through Donald right. Tardy in obituary, the drummer of obituary. He assembled this whole whole group of guys from the Florida death metal scene. Cool. And so over the years, whenever we bump into some some guys, so it's one the sound man went on to to now be the sound man for Slipknot. Um, the backline guitar tech, one of Andrews on that tour, is now with Slipknot too. Obituary. There's a, it's it's an interesting when I look back on that tour. I'm like, wow, these dudes. You know, not that they weren't doing anything before, but it's interesting. It was our way in um, into the Florida scene, and that's cool. I, I, I've I've known Donald now for uh, shit what is it 13 years now we missed each other because our shuttles his shuttle didn't get to the festival in time but you know we still uh we still email each other all the time obituary are still doing it so that comes from that tour that's awesome it was a fun tour to do it's it's so weird to remember that that's his kind of the way he got ascended partly was that he was this like thrashing like he was a metalhead for mm-hmm. real, yeah. you know, he he would trade tapes or something with my friend Katie, you know, and then he produced music that was sort of like the sweet or something. You yeah, know? it was very yeah very melodic, yeah, than what you might expect. And but his whole backing band, whether anybody yeah. knew it or not, were all from the Florida death metal scene. So it was an interest, and we got that's how we all we all like our group our our crew and his backing band. All got along really, really well. By the end of the tour, we were all, we were all good friends. It's it's lasted since that tour, and I remember that show, because it was the one show we played in London, that wasn't at Call the Office. Right. Yeah. Call the Office is the one club in the world where we've played the most. Yeah. We've had the most shows, and you know Tony, Tony Mm -hmm. Lima, he put out one of my, uh, well, the only banter seven inch called having fun with Danko Jones on stage. It's off of Tony Lima, who books Call the Office. He has a label called Yeah Right. Has he put your stuff out? No, I've never put anything out with Tony. I've never anything, but he's like a good example of... Public Animal he put out. Yeah, he's just loyal in his own, you know, promoters are funny that way. Like if you had a period where you were playing with them a lot and doing cool shows, they kind of never tend to forget it if they're decent people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Tony's definitely on that list yeah definitely so that's nice I, I didn't know it comes from there oh yeah and now you're wearing an abyss shirt 
Oh yeah, from oh, Toronto. Dave. Yeah. Yeah, he's on. They're on tour. With Junior right now. as well. Junior. Yeah, and Rob Reed. Everybody. You love Abyss. Yeah, you told I do. Me that before. Yeah, I saw them at Smiling Buddha, and I had the greatest goddamn time. I do like that band as well. Mm-hmm. Dave got. Um, who is your friend? One of my oldest, uh, nearest, and dearest <clears throat> is Dave, who sang in Rammer and Abyss and other bands. And um, he was recently on Facebook. Some guy was like, most obnoxious. Did you see that? Oh, the burrito <laughs> thing or something? Stop screen capping it. But yeah, someone's like, most obnoxious metal front man definitely goes to Dave from Abyss Column of Heaven. He, ate, he at one show he took a bite of my burrito and like threw beer on me and you know, like slapped something out of my hand probably and it just is really funny to me that. Well, you know, you get um, uh, every year there's new people coming to shows who don't maybe not know that kind of stuff happens at, <laughs> at underground <laughs> level shows. I mean, you know, they watch television and then they go to a club. Picture that happening at an arena show where like the singers go you know, like this yeah. he, like, he like slaps a $10 beer and yeah. some, one of his what fans. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so but for some reason, the maybe that's is, that guy. Oh, what a crummy place here, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I find that, you know, you, you you think you know the rules of how things are in the music scene, and then you realize there's a whole bunch of new members who need to be schooled or maybe will be numerous enough to change how you've gotten used to this thing. And so that's maybe, exactly like the comedy scene yeah. as well. There's always new people coming in. New and, faces. Oh, my God. And also... This <laughs> is it annoying? This is, you say it. <laughs> it like it's annoying. It's well, sometimes it kind of is annoying. You, yeah. know? you know how long it takes to get any good at comedy? So long. And then, so in other words, if you're not a nice person going into it at the outset... Yeah, it's horrible having you around because you're bad and also not nice. <laughs> well, I find like, you know, I find a lot of the older comedians are have horrible been living people. with that for a horrible long time. People. Those I, I feel like that there's a generation of comedians that are like the molested and abused children of a previous generation and and, and they're trying to pass their hurt on to like the following generation. <laughs> well, know? now a lot of the focus has been the sadness and and the the toughness that comes along with being the lone yeah, stand up. Well, how about the, the, the shows shit. that worked? How about the shows that were amazing or have there ever been where you like come <laughs> home or you go back to your hotel room or wherever you go at the end of the night and you're just like, that was the <laughs> oh, fucking yeah. best. I don't want to, you know, yeah. I don't want to come across like I've never had a good show. <laughs> <laughs> there are nights when you feel like, the king of the world, you yeah. know? And it's like, oh my God, that was so great. I'm so glad everything went well. And people mm-hmm. are nice to you afterwards. Yeah. People are making eye contact with you afterwards. Yeah. And then, and that's great. And that mm. happens. But then there are also times when it goes awful and people don't make eye contact with you and you stand alone mm. as they walk out of the room, not looking at you, and you know they all hate you. Or you even know? worse, a lot of times if you open up for somebody... Then accidentally at the end of the night, you're like talking to that person or something. And then it's the end of the show and everyone's passing you. And then you have to deal with like anytime there's two people who've been on the same show and they're next to each other. And then the crowd is there. It, it's horrible because suddenly it becomes they're inclined to 
comp tell the person who they preferred that they preferred them. Oh yeah. <laughs> and oh, then that is oh. kind of give a platitude or awkwardly insult the you were good other too. person. Yeah, yeah. You were yeah, good too. Absolutely, all that kind of shit. That's one of the I mean, not that I'm moving it right back into the bad part. How does your like, ego not just it's, get distorted? That's why people are such freaks, you know? Because it's like you're just getting this... You're trying to find this this drug that's like an entire crowd like treating you like Dionysus. <laughs> A yeah. golden god right, for right, one right. moment. You know, but nine times out of ten, you're kind of... Especially in a city, you know, in, in certain environments where there's a lot of comedy to witness, people are just like yawn or you or you interpret their lack of complete response as a failure you know that's the other thing is you you're really trying to not just elicit smiles or or you know like approval you're actually trying to get like this verbal thing like like a noise you're trying to make people laugh which is like insane you know and there's also times too when you can just tell that the crowd are a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Just like shitheads, and you know it, and you yeah. can just kind of be like, oh, well, fuck you guys. Yeah. Just, you know? Yeah. Clips. Did you guys not try to do a series? A oh, TV we show? Yeah, we tried so it. Hard. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That was actually worse than any. In some ways, that was more difficult than any like what was stand-up it comedy. Psychic sets. Brothers. Psychic yeah. Brothers. Such a Here's, fun idea. Let me pitch this to you, okay? All right. Nick and I are idiot brothers that don't look too similar. We inherit a psychic shop from our dead uncle, and we have to run it. It's very supernatural and violent, <laughs> and a lot of crazy stuff happens. Ghosts, ghouls, goblins. Goats, everything. Demon do, horns. Do you guys find out that you're actually psychic at any certain point? Uh, one of the one brothers, of us is, yeah. yeah. One of the brothers is like an aspiring psychic, and then the other one is sort of a grifter type. And mm-hmm. I've yeah. never heard of a psychic shop. So do, do any really? Well, you exist? know, like well, yeah, like a psychic, like a tarot well, yeah. card place. Oh, like just an occult yeah, yeah, yeah. store. Occult store. Yeah. So, yeah okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 A psychic shop. Yeah, we yeah, just never thought of that. <laughs> you just walk yeah. into the store and they give you the bag that you were going to buy. <laughs> with all maybe, your maybe that's why nobody Super wanted shoppers. to make it is because we were describing it incorrectly all this time. We you know, a psychic it, shop. We got it relatively far a couple of times into things and then yeah. to, uh, to a uh, big chorus of nothing. Yeah. And, chorus? Uh, is that a hidden... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chorus Maybe a bit. A hidden what? What a reference no, to what? Your reference. Chorus the entire oh, chorus. No, company? chorus did not even. I think we actually did try to do something with that. Yeah, chorus was the first place we went. <laughs> oh my god, I remember those meetings with chorus. Oh, let's not get into it. Canadian. Oh, it's it's crazy. But uh, it would be fun to do something again mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, Nick and I produce a weekly series of shows. Tim at has Comedy the best Bar. show at Last Sabbath going. Oh, thanks. It's called Swipe. What's it called? The show is oh, called Human, Human Life. Life is Worthless, and it's the first Thursday of every month, and it's myself and Marty Tops, who is a friend of ours, who is maybe the funniest person in the world right now. He's like <laughs> a genius. If you're listening to this, Google Marty Tops, 
listen to his albums it's incredible yeah tap out so he, he has albums yeah, yeah he, he album made he's like he can do he about tap out he's so funny company. and he can do music like crazy <laughs> he did an entire album about the brand tap out yeah and then the next one he did wow. was like a live concept album of him trying to win his wife back right yeah and uh it's okay just look up marty tops but we host this show it's the first thursday of every month as of right now and uh in toronto in toronto at comedy bar thursday nights 9 30 and it's uh stand-ups stand up yeah well, but on, yeah he we host it together he is himself i dress up like i got this old crypt keeper costume from tales from the crypt for my birthday a couple years ago because uh, that's something i would want and uh so I put the Crypt Keeper costume on, and I am Swipey the Troll. That's my name. Okay. And I swipe at people. That's where that comes from. <laughs> but I hate humanity. I hate humans. I hate everybody. So we kind of do it like a fake stand-up competition. And you have like a pitch shifter on your voice as well. Oh, yeah, your and I've got like a, down. a voice modulator yeah. thing to make me sound like a monster. And I hate all... So it's like a fake competition. He loves all the comedians, and I hate them. Right. So okay. after everybody goes up... He says something nice about them, and I say something as mean as I can think and of. And Swipey about them. is there because he's basically kept by Marty Top. Oh yeah, he of, has my. There's a bit of a backstory. Yeah, there's a backstory. He's got my ruby, so he controls me, <laughs> right. and he forces me to host this show but with it is him. So but I hate funny. Him. Do you want to do an album as Swipey the Troll? <laughs> no, I don't think I do. No. Swipey the Troll is a very reactive character. I would say, yeah. like he's mostly like the judging of comedians is. Uh, you get to say the things that you might not be allowed to say. Yeah, in a oh yeah. Context. And I think people have people like the show's been selling out. People seem to really like it, and I love doing it. And people, I think, are responding because if you go to a stand-up show and you see a comedian you don't like, and you think negative thoughts in your head about them, I come out and say it out loud in front of everybody. And I think people seem to what did really you say like about that. Vegan? I don't. I believe it was. Oh yeah. I don't remember Jews being allowed on this no. show <laughs> or something. That's just how well you know. Which was nice. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't cut your. He, you didn't cut up his actual. No, I'm not. Gonna, I don't. You know, it's all for material. fun, and I don't yeah. want to really. But most I have. Most of the time, it's your friends. Have you cut a little too deep? Probably, yeah. Because but you've never heard repercussions from. No. Him. Well, the context is just so. Well, yeah, if I you know I'm dressed up, I've got a rubber mask on and like a brown cloak thing. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, if, you, how if can... I perform and you say something that I deep down inside know is the weak part about me, right? And you get there. It's never like that. Though. No. Yeah, I'm, no. I don't ever want to actually hurt anybody's <laughs> feelings. Nobody, that is like a good point. Is there such a clear difference between like a funny burn, even if it's about a weakness, and like. A cut to the bone, like, do you like me? Do you not like me? Kind of yeah. burn, you know? And um, Yeah, I don't want it to be that. No. It's just kind of, it's just for fun. But that's actually like, We've point. heard those jokes before. We've all told those jokes the first time we went on stage. Like, <laughs> yeah, Maybe something like that, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But in a more gravelly voice right. and probably still a bit meaner than that. Right. We don't mess with the comedians during their sets or anything <laughs> like that. Oh, I hate that. You yeah, did I that feel like a little before with the couch show. Oh yeah, you well that wasn't my fault. And then I used to have a show called Laying Down with Tim <laughs> Gilbert, where I would put a couch on stage and I had a blanket and a pillow, <laughs> and I would lay and I had a microphone and I would lay on the couch the entire time, and people would just come up and do stand up beside me 
and then they would go. And did that fuck with their set? Or some people it got, really did. Yeah, yeah. They, some people you could like. There would be people that would just that would be normally good at a good show would just bomb because like it it was too weird that I was right there. With so them. when they when they finish their set, are you still on the couch? Just I'm. Like, I never get off the couch. It's like a Eugene Levy is Perry Como, right? SCTV. <laughs> Maybe it is, but it's. But what, then what other prompted people... you to choose to do that because, because I always thought it was that an element came... of you wanting to lie down. Well, actually. it was like I would. I'd been hosting this like these last Sabbath shows for years at this point and just kind of for the most part doing it like a normal old stand-up show mm-hmm. and I found I noticed myself getting very lazy with it like yeah. not and I mean I even still do that now but hosting <laughs> it's hard to you not get so lazy so I was like why don't we just take this to the next level I'm going to embrace this lazy thing and I'm just going to lay there the entire time a lot of the times when you go to a stand-up show and the host is the... You just kind of get annoyed to see them again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. hosting is like Fuck. one of the... The it only sucks. thing you can do with hosting is... I mean, and this goes for a lot of comedy, but hosting... You just got to be like... Really quick. Like, you need to know... Do yeah. comedy like once, Keep it moving. maybe twice. Well, we all know that know. they're established or they're veterans to got have gotten this spot mm-hmm. not but everybody all, knows but that. we also yeah. Yeah. but i also know that they're not going to give up the best material in these like one minute no slivers no so you're doing your seven off the top it's all and hopefully shit that's awesome yeah and then by the time you've done that you don't need to do more yeah the, it's you know? just like hey let's give it up just for be likable and make the crowd feel normal about being there and then introduce yeah. the next people i find sometimes if i'm hosting I often feel like now I've painted myself as like the heel of the show. Like right. I'm the villain on this show mm-hmm. and I, you all hate me, yeah. but I'm just going to keep this thing going because you like everybody else, you yeah. know? And I guess I'm the host. You don't like me, but here's everybody else. Well, thanks for coming, Tim. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This, this has, has been, been fun. Yeah, I love I always it. like to, whenever comedians come on the podcast, I always like to pick their brain as to you know, what their process is and what their next step is. And, uh, yeah, we've had, we've had a, a couple of times it's happened where, yeah, I wanted to, the album thing is something I'm fascinated with as Nick is. Please help me. I am very sick. Yeah. Check it out, everybody. What's the website? TimGilbert.bandcamp.com. If you Google Tim Gilbert, it's one of the no first No iTunes? Things. No iTunes, just Bandcamp. You can have it for free if you want. If you download it. Or you can pay money. That's cool, too. But you're welcome to have it for free. And if you actually download it, you get a bonus track that is, I think, like, earth-shatteringly filthy. There we go. That's enough to entice everyone. I think so, yeah. Filth. Right? Who doesn't love a bit of filth? Everyone loves some filth. Well, with that, let's go have lunch. Great. Lunch. Thank you so much, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. You, too, and everybody else. When I was a kid, I had a very vivid imagination, and I used to hope that something bad would happen so that I could use it to my advantage. Par example, I would go into the grocery store with my parents and hope and pray to God that some psycho would come into the grocery store with a huge knife, and he'd grab this pretty girl and hold her hostage, and he'd be like, all right, I'm going to cut this girl's head off. And I somehow... Disarm the man, (laughs) tackle him, save the day, 
People in the store pick me up and carry me out on their shoulders and the girl and I eventually date for a little while. <laughs> but even as a kid of say 15, I knew that that was A, not very realistic, and B, frankly, too dangerous. So that daydream of mine quickly turned into this psycho comes into the grocery store and he has a huge knife and he grabs this pretty girl and holds her hostage and he's like, all right, I'm gonna cut this girl's head off unless someone here can answer these Rage Against the Machine trivia questions. <laughs> Which is something that I could easily do.